All right, guys, welcome back to the Run It Back podcast. I am your host. Um, I am Joy, and my co-host is Wesley Ibarra. Hey, Run It Back Nation. How are we doing this week? Ready to talk another round of F1 and boxing with you, Joy. How's it been, man? You know, I'm good. You know, it's been a hectic week, but when you finally have that chance to wind down and talk about two of the biggest sports that you like with someone that can talk those sports with you and also appreciates you as a man uh, overall, you know, that's just what makes me happy, calms me down. Decent, decent. Yeah, man, I'm enjoying these podcasts. And uh, yeah, I mean, my my week, it was okay. It started off with a Bears loss. So uh, yeah, Uh, anyway, (laughs) uh, let's move on. (laughs) Okay, cool. So the uh, Turkish Grand Prix. Um, how did you, what is your initial reactions for the Turkish Grand Prix? My God, that is my reaction (laughs) because it, it was completely wet. I mean, granted the conditions are crap all weekend. Absolutely. Um, I was really worried about, uh, Lewis's title chances because I had him as one of my drivers to watch that week and uh, more on that uh, later in the podcast, uh, folks, but, uh, you know, and we, we didn't get to see all the action, such as, like, the flat-out turn eight. But um, after everything that subsided, I knew uh, what happened to Stroll was going to happen to Stroll. And I knew Lewis was going to pull it off, but I didn't think he'd uh, pull off another masterclass. And, uh, yeah, I ever since we've had this podcast, Joy, I, I think he's had two perfect drives in a row. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I totally agree. I think the, the conditions of the Turkish Grand Prix were were horrible well with that being said uh, i did enjoy it a lot i think uh you know f1 had a lot more to offer when teams didn't know what was going to happen right this was the this was the week where it seemed like mercedes wasn't at the pace on on all practice and all of qualifying and so um it was it was exciting um i actually thought that there wasn't going to be a mercedes on the podium this week in the week that um, Lewis was going to still clinch the title. Uh, and so, like, yeah, it, it was kind of weird. Um, I do agree also. Like, I don't think Stroll was going to hold on to that lead. Um, he did surprise me, though. He he pulled out, like, a 20-second lead in the beginning. Um, but I knew that midway through the race, he was going to – somehow I knew, like, he wasn't going to win this race. Um, so, yeah. So yeah, uh, let's uh, start off with the Bulls and the Bears. So Wes, your Bulls and Bears, let's start off with your Bulls, right? Um, you mentioned you picked Lewis, Verstappen, and Leclerc. That is correct, Joy. And um, by my standards, I feel like I had a decent return on my Bulls. So again, for all my traders out there, I uh, hope that's some words of encouragement. But um, yes, Lewis was my first Bull, of course. Little weary of the qualifying practices and um, his start, especially that error where he went wide on turn nine, I believe it was. Yep. But again, he pulled off that masterclass of a drive, and at the end of the day, he took advantage of a blunder, put a masterclass of uh, a 20 second plus lead, and he won that seventh world title in dramatic fashion in the rain. On a, at a hard track, and with all kinds of things going against him and his own team. My gosh. Now, with Max, 
I understand the spins, the weather, the tire changes, you know, that didn't go into his favor, let alone anyone else's. But uh, yeah, I wanted him to kind of dominate that podium place or, you know, P4 uh, area. But obviously that didn't happen. So a um, little disappointed there, but I know that Max is still one of the best out there and is still my uh, guy for drive the year. Charles Leclerc, him and his teammate raced like hell. Literally, they were red hot in the red car. Uh, and that's a little uh, joke from my um, comments the other week. But uh, yeah, Leclerc had a chance to, uh, I think it was take second, but I think he locked up and went wide towards the end, right? right. But um, yeah, either way, he had a one hell of a drive. And um, yeah, I, I was pretty happy with uh, Charles' performance again another candidate for driver of the year, even though I think Max is a little bit better this season, but overall I'm happy with my, uh, my bulls. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I wanted to kind of, uh, give a little bit of my, my thoughts on Lewis and Leclerc. Um, I'll say a lot more in Verstappen because I also picked them for my bulls, but, um, uh, yeah, Lewis and Leclerc, Lewis, obviously like it surprised me that, uh, he, he only did one stop, right? I think, mm -hmm. yeah, he only did one stop and, um, he made the tires last like, 30 laps towards the end, uh, which is crazy because once you look at his tires um, at the end of the race, they were just perfect slick, right? <laughs> yeah, we were we were talking in uh, pre-pod that um, that this is when you know Lewis is at his best, and it looked like he literally was driving like normal people tires, like like it's insane. And then uh, Leclerc, <laughs> Leclerc, yeah, he he was incredible. Um, I don't. You know, I'm not going to nitpick here and say that, oh, he, he made a huge mistake. I think, of course, he did make a huge mistake. But at the end of the day, it's P4. He could have been P3. And maybe even P2 if he made that move stick. But, yeah, uh, definitely definitely a, a much-deserved much, much deserved, um, position for Leclerc. And, yeah, so let's move on to your Bears. You had um, Sainz, Albon, and Vettel. That is correct. And, uh... I would like to say if I was a trader and I said to these people that uh, these stocks were going to go down, I would be fired almost immediately, Joy. <laughs> uh, so, signs, 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 signs. I think he was P4, P5. Correct me, Joy. Signs, uh, you mean P4, P5? Like, uh... yeah. His finishing position. Uh, signs was P5. P5, okay. Yes. I expected him to finish a lot lower because the McLarens suck in cold weather. And yeah, it was a yeah. cold and wet race. Hell, was <laughs> I ever wrong. Um, and Sainz did one hell of a drive, too. At, at one point, it looked like he was going to be somewhere in that fight. But, hey, he put it yeah. in a pretty good position, an exceeding expectation position. And, of course, you know, when you're Ferrari, you're watching your future. And that should be a lot of uh, encouragement moving forward. Um, Alex Albon, uh, this one I think I got right. Um, yeah, of course he was in a uh, position for a win, and I think his performance probably made it harder for Red Bull to uh, decide whether they want to keep him around or not. But he made mistakes that cost him that, um, I guess, that FU moment, if you know what I mean. That like, hey, I'm still capable, I still deserve to be the second driver here. But despite those mistakes uh, or despite that uh success early success those mistakes cost him in the end which is i think is uh makes it appropriate to leave him there in the, the bears and got it right 
And uh, my last one is uh, Sebastian Vettel. Oh my God, I don't want to talk about this any further because <laughs> never have I been so wrong in my life. Yeah. About Sebastian Vettel, he showed that he still got it, right? Yeah. And of course, you know that set uh, Formula One Twitter or Formula One Internet ablaze. That oh maybe maybe Mattia is the problem, and we'll get to talk about Mattia later. But um, you know, that was a classic. Vettel performance. Of course, he was in his 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 name was in the hat for the ring or for the win. I mean, uh, but you know, one hell of a drive from him. And whether that can uh, be a bit of a hot stretch towards the end of the season, that has yet to be seen. But it's pretty encouraging, again, from a new team standpoint for Aston Martin, that hey, if we can get this Sebastian Vettel for next year, I think we're going to be in good shape. And that's what. Uh, stroll should be thinking right now yeah, yeah i absolutely agree and i will admit i have been um quite hard on uh vettel um but that's only because you know i have very high standards for vettel i think everyone should he's a four-time world champion uh, i think you know he should have enough experience to be able to challenge at least leclerc in some of these um positions that leclerc is getting in these races so yeah i also agree that i think um you know, Aston Martin is really smiling on their face, has a huge smile on their face. Like, yeah, uh, we're getting that battle next next year. So hopefully. But, but then again, you know, Perez did well. You know, he he did incredible uh, in this oh, race. Oh, for sure. It's not. I mean, we, we didn't list him in any of our Bulls or Bears, but um, I think uh, he definitely deserves a lot more accolades than uh, we're giving him, than we're not giving him. So yeah, For uh, sure. let's move on to uh, my bulls and my bears. So my bulls were Signs, Verstappen, and Russell. Okay, I was completely correct about Signs, right? This was this is pretty much my losing column, right? Uh, my bulls. So Signs, I knew that um, somehow he was gonna sneak into a really good position. Um, I really wanted Signs to really just ah. Uh, I mean, I'm not disappointed with P5, but I actually thought that he was gonna get a podium in this race that's really just what happens when um there's a, a crazy race science manages to kind of sneak up on everyone and get this in incredible result uh part of it is because i want mclaren to get that p3 in the constructors but you know that's just me as a fan and i think uh but i think science still deserves a lot of the the credit that he's um getting right now um, I will say I did not see him a lot throughout the race. You know, he, he's always been kind of complaining that um, the, the the best battles in NF1 this year or last year have been in the midfield, and they're not showing it. So I think uh, I think Sainz had a had a decent race. Like he doesn't he didn't really go you know wheel to wheel with anyone, but I think I think he deserves a P5. Um, Albon. I don't know. Um, I mean, uh, Verstappen. Verstappen is definitely um, a big disappointment. I put him as my bulls. Um, I thought he was going to win the race. He should have. He was pretty much faster than everyone in practice and in qualifying. At one point, he was putting out, you know, five seconds ahead of everyone, you know. So for me, I, I didn't think it was going to happen. I didn't think like all P at Q3, Verstappen is going to be five seconds ahead. That would be insane. That would just be overpowered. Um, but yeah, in the, in the in the race, he kind of struggled. Um, he did a lot of... He made a lot of mistakes. 
and um, there was one spin where he tried to overtake Sergio, but you know he it was a mistake that you could say he made. Um, it was a it was a little bit more like he was impatient, and the other spin that he did was after he was trying to react to Kimi Raikkonen's spin, you know, trying to get out get out of the way. The the power just slipped slipped from under him and got caught. So so yeah. Um, I also picked Russell. Um, <laughs> Russell was being pretty much bullied by Lando Norris. Nah, I'm just kidding. But yeah, uh, Russell didn't do well. We we knew that he was gonna be in the in the back of the grid with those uh, uh, engine penalties after his big crash. Um, but I thought he was gonna show how good he was in this race. Um, you know because it it's it's like it's not predictable you know it's unpredictable these conditions and so i thought he was gonna take advantage of it of it a little bit more now he finished you know p16 for a car that's supposed to be finishing last but still that's that's only like three positions you know um i expected a little bit more from russell uh so yeah and no uh, uh, yeah oh i'm go sorry ahead. go ahead go ahead okay great great yeah no i mean it's 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 kind of hard, right, to follow a back marker around for as good as Russell's been this year, right? And um, neither Williams, uh, quite frankly, didn't do anything special. Yeah, yeah. Uh, during the race, so it's totally understandable, of <laughs> course. Uh, I believe you know, Latifi uh, punted um, Grosjean out of the the track, but uh huh, and <laughs> yeah, which was bad, but yeah, um, yeah it's I understand. In a way, Russell's kind of like a volatile stock, right? Because, right. like, when he performs well, it's, like, big reward. And then, you know, when he doesn't, it's kind of like, oh, God. Yeah, but, yeah. yeah, with Verstappen, it was just... I think it's an outlier. I think he'll bounce back in uh, Bahrain. And with Sainz, uh, we're, I'm excited to see what he can do in, uh, in Bahrain as well. So, yeah, I mean, I couldn't have said it better myself with uh, Carlos and uh, Max. Hence why I don't have too many... Uh, <laughs> comments there but yeah with george i i i barely saw him, saw him at yeah. any point yeah and so uh moving on to uh, my bears i picked my bears as uh, ricardo albon and grosjean now i'm pretty sure um i actually consider this a, a complete win column now you know ricardo he did score in the points uh on a Renault, but that Renault should be the third fastest car i think Ooh. i think it should be the third fastest car i don't the, know about that but well, okay <laughs> yeah I, I think it should uh you know with the with the momentum that they've been having um it should be it looks like it but uh that's probably just because of ricardo but uh yeah p10 uh one point doesn't really help their cause and um in getting the p3 and constructions i mean constructors but yeah, uh, Ricardo had an, an incredible start. I don't know if you saw this, but like he he was pretty much um, he's pretty much at P four, I think, in the start. Ocon could have had P three, but he he got spun in the first um, in the first turn. Uh, but yeah, not not really his fault. It was just you know a racing incident. So, but yeah, um, Albon. People, a lot of people say that you know this is the this is a really good result for Albon. I don't think so. Um, he did look like he had a lot of pace in the in the race, but like you said, you know he he did have an opportunity to win the race. He was one of those guys that 
we thought, oh, if, if Albon can can really come alive here, he could he could win the race. He could be he could have his first win. Um, but yeah, um, I think Albon only looks good because Verstappen didn't look great, um, you know. And even then, Verstappen was able to to finish ahead of him uh, ahead of him. Uh, and so, so yeah, uh, I thought I thought when when Verstappen spun, I was like, okay, this is Albon's time because he was right there. He was um, he was really literally almost behind uh, Verstappen when um, Verstappen spun. So, so yeah, uh, disappointing. Um, I don't know how Red Bull sees it. I don't know how Red Bull kind of views this race. Um, but if it, if it were me, I, I don't, I wouldn't, if I was Albon, you know, I'm not patting myself on the back saying good job. You know, it, there's still a lot, a lot of work to do. You know, a win just pretty much slipped away when the Red Bulls looked like they were the fastest car on the weekend. So yeah. And Grosjean, he was uh, one of those, um, cars or racers or drivers that um we didn't really see throughout the entire race i only saw him literally when he made contact with latifi and then he spun it after making contact with latifi because he had damage uh that's pretty much it uh i actually thought that at one point um his um his partner kevin magnuson i think uh retired i thought he was gonna bring out a safety car but it wasn't it was just a vsc um and when Grosjean spawned, I thought they were going to give him a VFC because, uh, or at least a safety car because there was, there was some debris, I think, but it was off track. So, yeah, unfortunate. But, uh, but yeah, uh, I, think, I think every single one of these guys, I think I swept. <laughs> I mean, uh, I would consider that a sweep. Yeah, on my scoring uh, philosophy or system whatever what have you yeah i think you did go three for three so kudos to you for getting the the perfect on uh bears <laughs> yeah albon i don't want to talk about too much because i already mentioned in my uh part of the segment right yeah, yeah. but ricardo yeah one point and yes i did see that um of course uh that start was really interesting because verstappen was literally like walking yeah. but uh yeah no ricardo got a really good start so did hamilton by the way just saying yeah he, he... <laughs> But yeah, to only to have all of that and only get one point out of it, that is a little underwhelming, especially when you're in a tight fight with um, Racing Point and uh, McLaren, right? Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, a little bit disappointed there, but and I hope he bounces back in uh, Bahrain, which he should because he had the DNF, I think, last season there. So um, yeah, we need to see him cross the line uh, next week. Uh, Grosjean, that is such a safe pick. And that's not a bad thing. <laughs> Yeah. That's not a bad thing. I think everyone's been picking on Grosjean this right. year. And, uh, yeah, something about Haas, man. That yeah. I don't know if that spin would have warranted a safety car of any kind. But um, with Magnussen, that kind of looked like Australia 2018 yeah. all over again. <laughs> that, man, those tire mechanics, dude. I don't know what's up with them. <laughs> I mean, granted, they probably changed his tire better than us, but yeah. still. But yeah, like it happened yeah. again. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, man, congrats on the sweep. Uh, I'm excited to see who we put out there for uh, Bahrain. Yeah. And uh, yeah, no. Um, either way, it was a really interesting race to watch, and uh, a lot of results of uh, unexpectedness. And uh, yeah, that's the beauty of Formula One. Yeah, I, I literally can't wait for um for this episode of uh, Drive to Survive, this upcoming um break. So yeah, I think that'll be interesting. Hopefully they don't just follow Haas because I feel like Haas is just gonna be 
just disappointing to watch and and so yeah but yeah uh let's move on to the man of the hour um probably the man of the hour for the last six years um lewis <laughs> hamilton right yes sir so, lh baby <laughs> lewis hamilton uh clinch a title this week uh in the Tur- turkish grand prix um it's crazy because uh this is the race where he spun went to uh in formula what was it called formula it was gp gp2 gp2 yeah. yeah so in gp2 yeah. which is pretty much formula 2 uh right now uh G- in gp2 um i forgot where he started i think he started pole right and then um he spun went to 19th and then throughout the entire race just started overtaking people finished second and got the championship at that very race now i mean it's it's pretty similar here right um like he he didn't have the best grid position i think he had p5 he didn't spin but man like never in like i if you asked me the night before i didn't think he was gonna win this race i i just didn't think like he was comfortable um you know just racing out there in 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 the turkish grand prix i just didn't think he was uh comfortable especially when it was wet so yeah it, it was very entertaining no yeah and uh, like i alluded to earlier in the bulls and bears segment like a lot of unpredictiveness and you know we just saw a master class from lewis yeah. and uh, yeah they brought that up the gp2 uh recovery drive and they compared it to this and of course you know just watching it and seeing it all unfold it's like it's a surreal moment right because that is our thing of greatness as a formula one fans because especially as american formula one fans because right. you know we get overshadowed with the we're not overshadowed but we've seen the like for example for our basketball viewers the warriors right um for our anybody that watches the nfl the new england patriots um you know that run of dominance right yeah and then you don't you don't see that in formula one here in the, in the united states because you know we're not or most americans are not aware of it and but for us to take the time and actually watch it and see how great lewis actually has been for the past uh, seven years um well even though we've been watching formula one a little bit uh less than that man it, it's 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 awesome to be alive for this moment <laughs> well yeah uh yeah, I wanted to kind of go over like some of these um, questions that we set up for ourselves. Like, uh, what does like you know Lewis Hamilton mean to us? And uh, I guess I'll start. Um, you know, I, I started watching Formula One. I I, um, I said this in the previous podcast in episode in episode two. Um, you know, pretty much I the f- very first race I ever watched was in 2015 Austin, um, and the U.S. Grand Prix. But um, yeah, like the very first race I've ever watched was him winning because off of a Nico Rosberg mistake. And pretty much, you know, if you ever start watching in this, pretty much in this um, decade, most likely you're going to probably watch Lewis Hamilton win, right? Like in his, like if you're the very first race that you watch was in this decade, most likely he, he won the race that um, the, the very first time you watched. But yeah, um, like uh, yeah. yeah, Hamilton to me, I mean, he's the goat, right? He he is the Michael Schumacher of this era, and so, you know, when when people have this debate between Michael versus 
Lewis, I mean, I could only really stand for Lewis um, because I've, I've witnessed the man's greatness. I've seen him do great things. And I think he's, I think, you know, a lot of people don't really give him enough credit. You know, it, it's a lot harder to stay on top than it is to be on top for one year and then kind of, you know, lose it the next year. So, I don't know, uh, six times is huge. Um, I do think that, you know, the Mercedes had a huge part of it. But, I mean, we, we got to keep in mind here, he didn't win every single um, championship in every single year, right? He, he was challenged because uh, he was challenged by Nico Rosberg. I, I've always thought that Hamilton wasn't afraid of competition. If you look at his teammates, he's had, you know, Jensen Button. He's had Fernando Alonso. Um, and he's had Nico Rosberg. These guys were all champions. And so I, I was never afraid that, um, and I don't think he was ever afraid of losing to an opponent because he, he was just that confident um, that he was going to win. Yeah, no. Um, for me, what does he mean to me? Or, yeah, what does he mean to me? He's he's on my Mount Rushmore of greatest athletes to ever walk the earth, right? So he's up there with Michael Jordan and Manny Pacquiao, uh, if you ask me, when it comes to my Mount Rushmore of athletes. Of course, uh, I'm missing one athlete. I guess I could put Tiger Woods in there. But, yeah, you know, to be able to see that run of dominance seven titles that is unheard of yeah right like michael jordan won six steph curry won i believe it's three you know tom brady has six but seven seven that is a lot not even I mean, michael that, schumacher yeah you know and then yeah schumacher has uh he has seven as well seven, but he had a run of six yeah he had a run of six i think yeah, so, I mean, the, what I'm trying to say is that, like, what it means to me is that he he is part of that greatness in my era of watching sports, right? And I don't know if I'll ever see a driver or an athlete like that again. So that's what Lewis means to me. And even though I've been watching Formula One in spots, and like I mentioned earlier, uh, back in the early 2010s i heard of lewis but i didn't think that name would be relevant in my life again well guess what it is and now he's in a special place in my um idea of sports superstars yeah yeah that's that's very well articulated uh wes um i, I do agree you know he he is definitely one of the best athletes out there um very you know underrated um you know these these F1 drivers are athletes. Uh, they pretty much lose about ten pounds of weight uh, of weight every single race, and that's how much you know stress they put their body in. And so, so yeah, um, let's move on to the other question. You know, what does he mean to Formula One? Um, I think, you know, he he wasn't ever the um, the first black uh, Formula One driver to um there was uh, i forgot his name um but he tested a formula one driver and uh formula one car i believe he also drove uh one season uh he wasn't very successful but you know that was the start of uh, breaking the boundaries and but right now what we're witnessing in lewis is that you know he like i said he is the greatest of all time in my opinion and he does share a lot of his life 
through his social media, right? You know, um, back then, you know, Lewis was this guy who pretty much lived a fast lifestyle. Um, uh, I don't know if there was any kind of lifestyle that I would compare him to from, you know, other Formula One legends. Probably the closest would be, you know, Hunt, uh, James Hunt, the way he lived his lifestyle. That's pretty much what Lewis did, right? Like, so, like, he would show up on, on practice on Friday or, uh, yeah, Friday and Saturday. Um, but, you know, just two days before that, he was probably, like, you know, in a, in a fashion show halfway across the world. Um, and, yeah, that's pretty much how much he lived his life back then. Now, you know, he, he did make a, a promise that it was going to be different. You know, in the upcoming years, he's he's vegan. He's, you know, more aware. He's more environmentally aware than he ever was. Um, you know, and, and and yeah, like there's a lot of changes that I've seen him from him like recently. But also, you know, bringing this awareness of diversity in Formula One. Um, I've always thought that there was a lack of diversity in Formula One. Um, especially in the engineering side. I've always wanted to see a little bit more engineers um, of color and of different backgrounds. Um, and so, yeah, uh, I, I think that's what he means to F1, right? He's this great opportunity for everyone to, to enjoy Formula One. Um, and I guess Formula One for so long has been so inaccessible. It's been viewed as this kind of rich sport that only the rich watch and only the rich participate and in some cases it's still true to this very day but uh lewis i think kind of brought this new era of drivers where they're a little bit more accessible not accessible but they're more um what do you call it not relevant but you could you know like you could um you could communicate with them like you could you could relate to them is what i'm trying to say um and so you know lewis didn't grow up from uh the riches of families you know and, and formula one drivers do have this history of you know coming from rich families and so i think that's what he means to formula one he is this huge change in formula one and i think he wants to be in the middle of this incredible change that um you know and in this incredible shift that we're seeing in formula one right now and i think he's part of that he's he's a huge part of it and he wants to be a huge part of it and i i don't think he gives himself enough credit for it well joy uh, before i get into my spiel um i do want to fact check you a little bit uh willie t ribs tested for brabham but did not actually participate ah, okay okay so wanted to put that out there. So by by default, Lewis is the first black man to race in Formula One. Even ah. Willie T. Ribs himself says that. So um, yeah, no. But anyway, speaking of Willie T. Ribs, if anyone's interested, watch the documentary, documentary. Uppity on Netflix. So yeah, and uh, he's also been on Beyond the Grid, uh, and he he loves Lewis. But anyway, what does he mean to F1? I think to me, if LeBron is the NBA. If Tom Brady is the NFL, if Tiger Woods, Rory McIlroy is the PGA, 
than Lewis Hamilton's Formula One. And I'll tell you why. He's a global icon. Just about anywhere in the world, you will find his image somewhere. Whether it's in a Tommy Hilfiger store, whether it's on a Puma ad, or even uh, Monster Energy, if you will. He's there. And the thing is, he also tops Forbes lists on highest earning and influential people. And, you know, for a Formula One driver, a guy that's capable of withstanding a car that not many people can drive, that can be not, um, globally recognized on more than one category, he represents the sport very well. And like you alluded to, Joy, um, he is competing in a sport that society would say he doesn't belong in. But guess what? He does. And it's it's cool to see him, especially as a middle-class person myself, you know, it's to see someone actually make it out and succeed. Um, and you also got to love his activism. Yes, he has that lifestyle of uh, attending fashion shows or parties or whatever it may be and then show up on race weekend not too long from being there. But at the same time, he also has a, a platform to stand up for what's right in this world. And he's showing his own sport that they need to catch up much like the rest of the world. Yeah. So to me, without him, F1 would be a lot different and I can't say it would be it would be any good than it is right now. So for me, Lewis is F one. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much, Wes, by the way, for um uh, for fact checking me for uh William Th William Theodore Ribs. Um I remember him now that you said his name. Uh but yeah, he was the very first one to um test drive, but Lewis is the very first one to compete. Um and so yeah, like Pretty much uh, when I see Lewis, uh, I think of him in his McLaren days. I don't really, because I, I don't know, I guess I, I like the McLaren a little bit better. Um, just the way it looked, that silver, that chromed out uh, McLaren. And so uh, when, you know, people think about like, I guess this is a good segue for like, um, is he the greatest of all time? Uh, yes. I, in my opinion, I've already shared that. Um, but for me, I think the image that will always stick to me is him in that McLaren in that yellow helmet. Um, you know, when when he beat pretty when he won uh, the championship in Interlagos, that that to me was Lewis. You know, that was like the birth of Lewis, and so that's the one like where I'm gonna remember him the most. Um, and so I, I guess it's the same thing with uh, Ayrton Senna. A lot of people say they'll, they'll probably remember Ayrton from, you know, driving his McLaren. Um, but I remember him from his Lotus. I guess aesthetically for me, they just look a little bit better. But yeah, in, in the terms of the greatest of all time, yes. Yeah, I think he is the greatest of all time. Um, I could be a little bit more biased. I could be a little bit biased because um, I see him. You know, I watch him every pretty much almost every Sunday. Uh, but I mean, I can only judge what I can see. So, but yeah, uh, hopefully I get, I have the time to watch over Senna's races 
Schumacher's races and even Fangio's races. So, and set, yeah. So yeah, I, I think I think I've already answered this one. Is he the greatest of all time? I I would argue that Lewis is the greatest of his generation. Okay. But I'm I'm not gonna pit him against a uh, Sterling Moss or a Fangio or a Schumacher or a Senna. Yeah. Uh, Prost, um, uh, Clark. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna compare him to that. What I will do though. Uh, from a management lens, so this is a West uh, aspiring sports management professional coming in now, making a <laughs> one-off appearance here, or at least, or at least his quick sub in, not a one-off. But um, I'm willing to give another driver, for as long as I'm still alive, a chance. Okay, whether that is George Russell, whether that is. Uh, Charles Leclerc, Max Verstappen, or even some driver that I do not know of that is out there putting in his and her time to become the greatest. But until that driver comes, right now, Lewis is the man to beat. But yeah. I'm not ready to put him there as the greatest of all time because okay. I know I have a lot of Formula One left to watch moving okay. forward. I'm not willing to go back. Okay. So that's my stance there. Yeah. Yeah, thank you for sharing. I mean... Um, I think um, even Schumacher, right, in an interview, he stated that, you know, records are meant to be broken. He wasn't scared about anyone breaking uh, his records. And at that time, they name dropped uh, Lewis Hamilton being this uh, successor um, to breaking all of his records. And, you know, Michael Schumacher didn't really mind. He thought that records were meant to be broken. And if you ask me, I think there will be uh, a driver that breaks Hamilton's record. I don't know if that's going to be anytime soon. Uh, with the new direction that Formula 1 is going, it seems as though it's going to be more of a level playing field, but that'll be, I think, then the accomplishment of breaking Lewis's records in that level playing field is even greater. So, yeah. Uh, I can't wait to see it. If, it. if it holds in the future, I can't wait to see it. Um... But uh, yeah, so I guess what now, right? For for Lewis, um, he's pretty much gotten all the records. Um, I do believe he will stay for one more season. Uh, I do think he is gonna get that eighth championship. Uh, I'm pretty sure he's gonna finish with over a hundred wins, uh, maybe like a hundred and three, a hundred and four. I do predict that uh, Red Bull is gonna give him uh, much more of a challenge next season but i don't think it's going to be enough so so yeah um i do think that this is i'm not going to say this is it but like you know hamilton he has a lot of other priorities um aside from just formula one um i don't think i don't know if he's ever going to be you know completely attached to formula one when he leaves um but that that'd be cool to see. Um, I, I do think he has a lot more projects in mind other than uh, driving when he retires. So, I mean, th but that just adds to his greatness, right? He he's talented and he there's a lot more things that he he's interested in. And so for me, he it's a lot more interesting to read about him that way. Um, whereas, he, oh, he was the driver. He's a driver his entire life and he'll stay a driver after 
he retires. So, so yeah, I, I think Hamilton is uh, going to keep moving. Um, I think he's going to win one more. And, yeah, I think he's just going to pretty much set the new bar. Yeah, I could see that. Okay. For me, I would love to see him become an ageless wonder. <laughs> but realistically speaking, yeah, I, I would say maybe one more season. And shoot, I wouldn't be mad if he decided to say, that's it. I'll just go yeah. straight to managing my uh, Formula or Extreme E team or, you know, enhance my uh, Tommy Hilfiger and Puma lines. You know, whatever whatever it is, whatever project become a rapper, you know, we could use a XNDA EP right around now. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you know, Lewis has accomplished so much. He doesn't need to prove anything to anyone at this point. You know, um, really, I feel like this might come in as a very hot take, but it feels like Formula One needs him, but he doesn't need Formula One. Oh. Right. It's kind of like an unrequited thing at this point. Now, that is of course, he's hot. Like, that is a pretty hot take. Of course, he's on record saying, you know, I, I, I could, I feel like I can go another three more years, but, you yeah. know, that's always, you know, that's that's called media training, everyone, for those <laughs> that didn't know. But um, yeah, we'll see. I would love to see him keep winning, but of course, at some point that has to that's gonna end that's gonna end yeah whether whether you like it or not and yeah i mean like i said i wouldn't be mad if it was right now if he just said you know what that's it yeah, yeah. i'm good yeah you uh, know I, why don't i why don't i and it, it's it's not at this point it's not common or uncommon rather to see athletes just step away right. and do whatever they right at the very top and do what they want to do like right. um for one example I can really think of is in the WNBA. So I hope uh, we have listeners that watch women's basketball. Uh, Maya Moore. Maya Moore was arguably the best player in the WNBA uh, when she stopped playing, which was not too long ago. She wanted to focus more on activism and, uh, you know, prison reform to uh, change the system, the, uh, the prison system, right? And she managed to get a guy who was uh, wrongly convicted out of jail. So with Lewis, he wants to promote more uh, human rights, you know, uh, equality for for black people and, uh, you know, have people, uh, ethnic minorities, be more involved in STEM. So that takes a lot of time, right? Right. And, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if he just decided, you know what, I'm at, I, I would rather do this for I'd rather do this than you know drive the Mercedes around so but at the same time I want to still see him succeed it's 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 a, it's a it's a bit of a gray area if you ask me but that's my hot take too that yeah I feel like at some at, it's starting to become a point where Formula One needs him but he doesn't need Formula One okay I'm pretty sure there's some fans out there that would say if he if Hamilton left then Formula One would grow. I'm pretty sure there there would be some fans that that would argue uh, that. So yeah, that that's pretty hot take. Uh, we could probably... well my 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 hit back to that will be then well, you know that that growth doesn't necessarily happen as exponentially without Lewis though. Yeah, just saying. absolutely. And yeah, this could be another topic uh, for a uh, different running back uh, episode. So so yeah, definitely. You know, Lewis is we're gonna have a special kind of segment on lewis a little bit more uh towards the end of the season uh 
but yeah, it's gonna be pretty much dedicated to uh, Lewis because he he is that that um, that important to Formula One. I think so. So yeah, let's go to the uh, F1 news and rumors. Um, there was this uh, we're, we're calling this segment a uh, hot lap segment, right? So it's the hot laps. We're gonna give you uh, F1 news pretty quick. Um, by the way, there's, there wasn't a lot of rumors swirling around in the paddock. Uh, this week, I think the biggest rumor was pretty much that Hulkenberg um, talks with Red Bull have gone silent. Um, there hasn't been anything going there. Um, so, but yeah, I mean, that's just a rumor. But yeah, so the quick F1 news that I, that I have for you is that the Aero Secrets. This was um, written by Matt Sommerfield. Uh, and that the Turkish Grand Prix actually provided after the race... Um, because the the track was new um, and it was raining this mixture of oil from the new track and the the wet surface and the rain um, pretty much outlined the the arrow of the of the cars and it created this gray hue that you know allowed us to kind of see how the, the the aerodynamics work for every single car and Interestingly enough, um, some of them were very similar. Some of them was very different. Um, and one of the greatest differences was uh, that Red Bull kind of creates this really nice swirling for, uh, flow. I expected that, especially from a car that's, you know, designed by Adrian Newey. Adrian Newey was kind of a stickler for making sure that every there's no compromise. Um, I remember him being in McLaren when the the body the the body that surrounded the the engine had to be the thinnest or pretty much the the skinniest it pretty much had to hug the engine and you know that's his philosophy it, he wanted he wants the um, the engine cover to be as slim as possible to pretty much just contour um around the engine and we saw that we saw that with the gray hue so um, yeah, a, a huge difference also is that Merck, uh, you can see how the airflow, uh, is being affected by the halo. I don't know if you saw this, uh, or I don't know if you see this, but, um, Merck actually has this kind of wing, wing attachment to the halo. Um, and they do that because I guess it creates a much nicer airflow. Uh, I believe it also goes to the engine intake a little bit much more um smoother and so yeah that was also interesting and other than that um ferrari uh they have vertices or vortex uh but there was more than that. so vertices are um on the bottom of the car uh which was interesting so pretty much uh this pretty much uh this article was discussing the idea that the turkish grand prix allowed gave us a solution of how aerodynamics would see the airflow in a wind tunnel and and so yeah other than that you know mclaren had the mo had the biggest air vertice off of their back wing it was more pronounced than every other car and the williams and renault barge boards push the airflow downward downwards instead of around the rear tire so i thought that was interesting i think you know 
maybe perhaps it brings up the question of after the Turkish Grand Prix, do do some teams know what other teams are doing when it comes to air um, aerodynamics? So, so yeah, that was my hot laps. Well, uh, my well, I will say on this, I did have a the chance to watch the Autosport video that covered that. Right. Um, and it was really interesting. Now, just to be funny, I will say, if the engineering uh, students on the team that I helped out with saw this, the aero guys would probably get a huge hard on, if you know what I mean, <laughs> or some sense of arousal. Sorry to keep it, or sorry to make it a little NSFW there, but <laughs> but yeah, like I'll be honest with you, uh, Run It Back Nation, and you, Joy. I don't know much about aero, let alone any kind of engineering. But as I'm learning, yeah, I get to see how different philosophies yeah. play into the different cars on the Formula One grid. Absolutely. It kind of made me think about our Formula student car and the philosophy that our um, aero engineer students uh, thought about putting onto the racing car for this season. And yeah, like in a way, I think some teams can really get an idea of how to make their arrow better right of course you know i think people are going to end up trying and <laughs> stealing from stealing from mercedes, mercedes. and red bull <laughs> right and now and you know it's starting to become a cop and at that point it's going to become a copycat uh competition much like in the nfl here or in the nba here but uh yeah no it was a really interesting um video and yeah, like it just looks so cool to see the the mud streaks on uh, on the cars. It's just like fascinating. But yeah, that, that's just my that's just my uh, I guess little tidbit on your hot lap, yeah. Joy. Yeah, if it's true, if what you said is true, that uh, a lot of teams are gonna start copying, um, you know, the Mercedes and the Red Bull. Surreal, beautiful, and Renault are gonna have to start filling up some some protest files a lot <laughs> soon so yeah that's so, yeah. something if there was a championship recorded for that they'd be the, the outright champion <laughs> no doubt about it champion. absolutely so yeah uh you had your f1 news your hot lap i do and mine is more from a management lens again <laughs> and that is mattia benato so everyone knows that he sat out the turkish grand prix to work on the 2021 contender and it is announced that he'll be sitting out for bahrain now, of course, again, Formula One internet went a little crazy and said, oh, maybe no Benato equals God Vettel. <laughs> and thinking that maybe the curly-haired guy with the wire glasses is, a, is the problem. But I don't want to get too, uh, I guess, political, and I don't want to down the guy because the guy knows a hell of a lot more than me when it comes to Formula One cars, or racing in general, for that matter. But... Um, it makes me wonder, though. It really does make me wonder. Like, <laughs> as he's sitting out, I said last week that that means you got to really show up with a a world beater next year. I don't care. Right. If you're going to take the time, uh, if you're going to do that hard work behind the scenes that most successful people do, or not most, but all successful people do, yeah, you better come with a red car that can fight with the blue car and the silver car. Otherwise, your job is done, my man. 
Yeah. I mean, of course, of course, it's it's kind of it's kind of salt in the wound when you realize a driver that you're letting go actually does the performances that you want out of him without you. Without you. Which could which could which could mess up a little um, a little psych- uh, psychologically speaking. But yeah, no. Um, I wonder <laughs> what that means for Vettel too. Yeah. If uh, Matias sitting out for the next race and what it means for Ferrari, uh, and what it means for that 2021 contender. Well, yeah, uh, I think I think you hit it right on the head. Um, I think the expectation now is even greater, right, for the next year Ferrari. Um, you know, uh, I do think that Mattia being absent for these two Grand Prix, um, I don't know if it's saying that, like, you know, without him, the Ferraris uh, do better. I think it's going to be a little bit different in Bahrain. I think they're they're going to struggle a little bit more. Actually, the Ferraris. I think probably like uh, seven or eight is probably their best chance. Um, but yeah, uh, I think I think you hit it right on the head. Uh, I think now the the expectation of that next year Ferrari is even greater. Now I do think that they should be able to. Their target should be Red Bull. Um, I don't. I think Mercedes is a little bit too far ahead to catch up on. Even you know even Red Bull. Um, who didn't take a slack year um, is still struggling to beat Mercedes. So, so yeah, now it's now it's all in Mattia, right? If 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 the car doesn't show up, then then what are you doing? You know. Okay, guys. So now let's jump to quick jabs. Uh, so this is pretty much the boxing segment of our show. Uh, to start off, uh, let's talk about the Kelbrook and Terrence Crawford fight. Um, your reactions, Wes? Well, uh, for me, you know, it really showed who Terrence Crawford really is. That he's one of the best fighters out there. Practically the baddest man on the planet. Or one of the baddest men on the planet, I should say. Um, you know, he had a very slow start. Uh, as a matter of fact, I had Kelbrook up on my scorecards uh, from home last uh, week. But I knew at some point the tides were going to change. All it took was uh, Terrence Crawford switching the stance. And as everyone knows, Terrence Crawford is probably one of the best two-hand fighters of all time, one of the more smarter, smarter fighters in the game. And all it took was one right hand to the chin, and that's all she wrote. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, I do agree also that um, you know we were pretty much watching the fight uh, side by side. Uh, I did have Kel Brook. Uh, winning the first two rounds and you know I should have known better uh, I thought that Terrence Crawford was a little bit in trouble um, he couldn't seem to see to, or to find um, Kell Brook's jabs and it made it a little bit more exciting for me right because we had this fight earlier in the year where um, the champion seemingly kind of is trying to collect data and tip took too much rounds in the early stages of the fight um and then pretty much lost the entire fight but uh, i should have uh, i should have known a little bit better terence crawford was a lot better um than he than we thought he was gonna be and so yeah uh pretty much beautiful right hand right uh the counter to his jab and so yeah uh i i I definitely do believe that uh, Terrence Crawford. Mm, I'm sorry. Uh, I definitely believe that uh, he is not my pound for pound king. Um, 
I think he's up there though, uh, probably in the top three. Uh, I do think that I don't believe that he is the the pound for pound king. But um, I guess you know, reaching the end of the fight, uh, the bigger story was more of the the call out, right? And this is what this was when Terence Crawford was alongside his promoter Bob Arum, who. Um, you know, they, they pretty much stated that uh, Terrence Crawford wants to fight Pacquiao. Uh, and Bob Arum stated that, you know, he has sent the, the pretty much the fight offer to Pacquiao. Now, Pacquiao didn't accept it. He didn't decline it. He kind of just ghosted him. And so, yeah, I think from there, uh, my opinions is that I think Pacquiao should stay out of this fight. Um, I think, you know, Pacquiao is a legendary boxer and he definitely deserves a lot more he just definitely deserves a, a lot of respect but you know uh, we got to keep in mind here that this is a young man's game uh, and Pacquiao is no longer a young man um, you know his win against Keith Thurman was impressive um, I urge everyone to revisit the Keith Thurman fight um, there was a lot it was a lot more closer than a lot of people thought uh, I do believe that Pacquiao won the majority of the rounds but I don't think he won every round convincingly, you know, and and that's the thing. Um, there was moments in that fight where Pacquiao, I believe, either didn't see the punches coming or even worse, he saw the punches coming and he wasn't fast enough to react to it, um, which means that, you know, his body is betraying him. Um, he can't, he can see the punches, you know, he's he's probably one of the most experienced boxers experienced boxers out there right now um i'm pretty sure he could see a lot of the punches that are coming he just doesn't have the quickness anymore the reflexes to to react to them and i think that's a dangerous flaw uh right i'm not saying that he developed this flaw i'm saying he's 43 years old right he's he's bound to miss some stuff in his uh career and yeah that's pretty much it um on my side um I'm, I'm glad that we have differing opinions of this one um wes but yeah i, I think if, if crawford fights pacquiao i think crawford demolishes pacquiao well i will give a two-part response okay because there has been a lot of revision from when we originally talked about this off the air to tonight and um you know like i mentioned earlier in the podcast Manny Pacquiao was on my Rushmore, Mount Rushmore of athletes, right? And I have that belief that he ha he's capable of beating the other welterweight champions. So, like, Errol Spence Jr. and Terrence Crawford. Hmm. But here's the curveball I'm going to throw at you, Joy. I'm going to reuse the word need. So in our F1 uh, discussion, we talked about how, or I talked about how I said, I feel like it's in a position where Formula One needs Lewis, but Lewis doesn't need Formula One, right? And that was the hot take that I had in that uh, discussion. Yes. Right? Mm -hmm. Okay. Now, if you ask me, looking at it again from a management lens, Terrence Bud Crawford, who's already in his early 30s, needs Manny Pacquiao. But Manny Pacquiao does not need him. Mm. So what I think what I think Manny could pull it off, yes. But do I think it's going to happen? No. Mm. And if you ask me, there's going to be a lot of people to blame. 
particularly on Terrence's side, not Manny's, because Manny Manny's smarter than that. Manny has uh, Manny knows what is best for him, and Terrence knows what's best for him too. Don't get me wrong, but of course, if you're trying to make a sensible matchup, this is not it. Yeah. But of course, if we're gonna play the fantasy game, I think Manny wins. Not convincingly, but it's a win. Okay. Okay. I can respect that. Um, I do think uh, you know Pacquiao still has a lot of uh, gas left in the tank. Um, I we kind of spoke on this. Um, it was kind of a pre-pod, but uh, Manny could be pretty much best suited uh, going down a little bit lower in weight, right? Um, I think I think he could be a little bit more competitive in those weight classes. He doesn't have to. I mean, he's still gonna take. I mean, I'm not saying like. Um, the lower weight classes don't punch as hard, but I'm saying he may be able to react a little bit faster to a lot or a little bit better to a lot of the punches that he's going to take in that weight class. Um, and so, yeah. Uh, was there any more that you wanted to uh, share? Well, I, I also do want to add that, like, that could work because, one, yeah. Manny Pacquiao, he actually, well, most fighters struggle to come down and wait to down, fight. Right. Manny actually struggles to come up, which is the <laughs> funny part, because right. he walks around in the 130s, 140s, something like that. Which is, I, I guess that's a good problem to have when in the sport of boxing. Uh, maybe, you know. Right. Uh, of course, we would never know because we never fought <laughs> in boxing ourselves. Right. Right. But, uh, I mean, it, it would make, it sounds sensible to fight in your natural weight. Right, right, absolutely. But I also will add that chances are, as he goes down in weight, or if he were to come back down and wait, the guys could actually be faster. Yeah, uh, I agree as well. But, of course, you know, again, we just have a, a recurring thing of theme of ageless wonders. So <laughs> whatever happens, happens. But if you ask me, I think Terrence is better off uh, looking for, for Spence rather yeah, than Manny uh, Pacquiao. I think... Because if, if, I, if I'm Manny, I'm just sitting there in my, you know, congressional or senate, senatorial office saying, like, I don't need you, dude. You and your uh, heavy set promoter. I don't need either one of you. Uh, basically. Yeah, I definitely, I definitely agree. I think, um, I think Errol Spence versus uh, Crawford is the fight to see. Now we have to first get through uh, Errol Spence versus Garcia, right? Which is coming up in the future. More on that later on the podcast. Well, yeah. Um, also, uh, yeah. Did you want to add any more? Uh, for Bud and Kelbrook? No, I am okay. good there. Okay. Perfect. And so we could move on to, well, I guess we could move back because this was an undercard. Uh, the Maloney versus the Franco fight. It was ruled a no contest because of a controversial, pretty much, it was an accidental headbutt, headbutt wasn't it? That's what they ruled it. But if you ask me, there was no accidental headbutt. I mean, there was a clash heads, but it was on the wrong side of the head. Right. If anything, Andrew Maloney uh, or I forgot which Maloney came out there because there's twins and they both compete in the same place at the same time. But Maloney, I, he just had it going. Right. I mean, Franco, for whatever reason, could not defend. It was punches going to his right eye. And uh, yeah, to me, it, it should have been a TKO victory for uh, Maloney rather than a no contest. Like, I don't know what those referees were seeing. Like, that... Uh, Instant replay in boxing. Instant replay is supposed to help sports. In that case, it hurt it. Yeah. And if you ask me, that's going to be a big PR disaster, or it probably is already a big PR disaster for um, 
not not as much top rank, but the uh, Nevada State Athletic Commission. Yeah, yeah, I I agree. Um, I think when when boxing, when when politics enters boxing, that's when you start to get the phrases of like you know this is killing boxing or this is why boxing is dead. Um, and you know like yeah, there 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 are always going to be decisions like this. I think we've you know cheering for Pacquiao as kids, we've received. Uh, the bad end of those um, controversies, and so, yeah, I, I think it's just part of boxing. Uh, at this moment, is part of the DNA of boxing. Um, uh, it is kind of sad though because, you know, these boxers they pretty much sacrifice months of training uh, to get ready, and then only for it to be taken away from them. You know, um, and so yeah, like I said, like politics and boxing don't really. Well, obviously, they, they will work hand in hand, but uh, as a fan, it, it, it does, it, it's very bitter to, to watch, you know, so. Was there any more that you want to share on Maloney Franco? No, that that is it. That was okay. just a, that was just a disaster of a yeah. uh, officiating job. And, you know, of yeah. course, we're going to see it multiple times throughout the, uh, throughout the, the. Do you remember Years, who the, but... the referee for the fight was? I do not joy and I do not care. All <laughs> I know is that it was a bad call. Yeah, okay. Because I remember Lawrence Cole was uh, was officiating a fight. I think it was the Terrence Bud and uh, the Kelbrook fight. But uh, but yeah. Uh, cool. So let's uh, move on to Tyson Fury fight off the table. That is right. So uh, Fury tweeted uh, earlier in the week um, that... He will be fighting in 2021. Um, so he was supposed to, uh, or he was rumored to fight uh, in December. I believe it was on the 5th against Agit Kabayel, but I guess something happened there. And uh, yeah, so not much to report on other than, you know, it's going to take us a little bit longer to see the Gypsy King go back to the ring. And um, yeah, whatever it may be, be it COVID concerns or personal matters, um, if that is the case, I hope everything is okay. But uh, either way, um, it just it just uh, built up more excitement to see the Gypsy King back in the ring again. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I don't know if this is true, uh, Wes. Uh, you could correct me if I'm wrong. But um, I'm, I'm guessing Bob Arum was waiting for the outcome of the AJ um, fight. Uh, that I don't know. Okay. But I do know that Eddie Hearn on the other side is... Uh, running his mouth saying that oh well you know if if aj can get through pulev well then gypsy you either get in with us or you know we're just gonna uh, go on uh, our boxing lives without you right right that's that's what i've heard but in terms of bob arum i already insulted him earlier in the podcast <laughs> i don't want to do it again i was so. about to say speaking of bob arum here's the tyson fury uh fight off the table but yeah, uh, it seems as though um, they're leaning towards um, either the trilogy, um, the end of the trilogy uh, against Deontay Wilder or a fight with AJ. Um, real quick, who, who would you rather see? In general? Yeah. Or like for, for, for Gypsy King? No, for Gypsy King. Oh, I'd rather see him fight AJ. Okay, okay, cool. I, I guess um, I'm on the band where I, I'd rather see the, the finale of the trilogy. Um just because, uh, I mean, I love Deontay Wilder, but um, maybe perhaps 
I've watched too much of his fights where it has gone the other way just because of his power, and he wasn't necessarily winning any rounds, uh, just like when he was against um, King Kong. So not not King Kong, but uh, Louis Ortiz. So, uh, but yeah. Uh, so yeah, let's uh, let's move on. Well, to the, well, one one yeah. more thing, I do want to counter argue that let's say Wilder did pull it off, then we're it's gonna be like the heavyweight version of Pacquiao Marquez. It's just <laughs> never gonna end. It's never gonna end. And then AJ can just go walking off into the sunset, being like, "Haha, guys, keep keep going." I guess I'm just this, gonna keep doing my thing. I guess this is my hot take. Pacquiao Marquez. Okay. Pacquiao Marquez five. That's <laughs> funny. That's uh, what, that's the fight I want to see. Pacquiao Marquez five. Forty five well, year olds. Well, if that's the case, I really think... That's my I hot really take. Th- I really think MP takes that one. No doubt <laughs> okay, about Okay, yeah, it. yeah. I think so, too. I think... Yeah, he got him hurt in the in the last fight. Marquez just caught him. But yeah, anyway, uh, upcoming uh, upcoming fights. Let's move on to Canelo versus uh, Callum Smith. Yes, sir. They have just announced the venue for that, and they will be going to Texas. They're, they're going to be going down to the 210 San Antonio Alamo hey. Dome. So, so for my San Antonio peeps... You got a big sporting event coming to your town. My pound-for-pound pound fighter is coming to your town. I, Canelo Alvarez, baby. I agree. I agree. And, I, I think Canelo is number one. Yeah, and um, I believe that is uh, the 19th of December. Yep. Uh, so, yeah, it's going to be a really uh, interesting pre-Christmas for uh, South Texas. Um, I know that the whole uh, atmosphere is going to be for uh, Canelo Alvarez, and um, I think he will win. No, uh, I believe we. No doubt about it. I believe we also spoke about this Wes, in um, the episode, in the second episode. Um, but is Canelo still doing that one-off with uh, the zone? Yes, yes. The zone, the zone, and match room will be around for this uh, matchup, as far as I know. Okay, okay, good, good. So, uh, I'm probably still gonna have to watch a bootleg version, but that. <laughs> That's another topic for another day. Oh no, come come over <laughs> to my house, man. I got you. Okay, uh, decent. I'll, I'll I'll take that invite. But yeah. Uh, let's uh let's move on to Spence versus Garcia. Yes, sir. Uh, right. So this is one I, I was telling you I was, I'm excited, right? Because I've been watching uh, Danny Garcia um, for a long time. Um, not really for a long time, but it, I, I became a huge fan of him when I was just watching through his uh, previous fights. Um, and so, right, like this this um. This bout has a lot of implications in it, right? If Spence wins, then he's probably there's probably a much better chance of fighting uh, Terence Crawford, right? It, we've always kind of say, uh, said that it's a it's almost impossible for Spence and um, Crawford to to uh, fight each other. You know, it, it was kind of like that. Um, it's very similar to that discussion between Pacquiao versus Mayweather, but I think if you know Spence wins this fight, I think it's a little bit more easier, a little bit more clear. Um, that they should fight next. Now, on the other side, I think Garcia, you know, he he's, I'm not saying he's on a losing streak, but he's definitely losing a lot of credibility, I guess, in the welterweight division. I always thought that um, Garcia and Thurman was going to take over the welterweight division. I was wrong. Um, but, um, yeah, I'm really pulling for Garcia on this one. Uh, a, because I'm, I told you, I I became a huge fan of him. I think he's a good boxer. He's an underrated boxer. Uh, and just just because, you know, he's lost against um, Thurman and Porter, Sean Porter, I, I don't think that takes away any of his um, cred- credibility. Those are those are great champions. Um, 
And so, yeah, I think this is, this is, I don't think this is an end-all, be-all for Garcia, but I do think that if he loses this fight, he will kind of lose a little bit more credibility in that welterweight division, and I don't think he could challenge for another title uh, if he loses against Spence. Sure. Um, my take on that Swift is that, uh, yeah, he's a bit on the fringe, right? right. Mm-hmm. Um, and, of course, you know, having a, having a dad, awesome trainer that's going to support you and always uh, talk crap for <laughs> and that's the nice way that's a nice way to put it it's not always gonna uh it's not always gonna be uh your fuel to go out there and win every single fight right that can only get you so far right but um you know for me i've always thought um errol spence was the future of the welterweight division okay okay and um yeah it's gonna be interesting how he fights after that stupid car accident you know it's like yeah, I'm glad that he's okay. That I'm glad that he, uh, you know, recovered fine. But at the same time, you know, you got to learn how to be careful because because life is very, life is very fragile. <laughs> not to get a, not to get very philosophical there, but anyway, um, yeah, yeah, you know, I wanted to I, ask I, you a, a question sure. real quick. Yeah. Um, now I've only seen uh, I've only seen Spence fight uh, against Sean Porter. Mm-hmm. Um, that was the time when Sean Porter was a welterweight champion. He was defending it against Errol Spence. Um, and I, I guess I can't remember off the top of my head. Errol Spence is a southpaw. That is correct. Okay, cool, cool, cool. So it'll be interesting to see because I don't believe Terrence Bud Crawford has fought a southpaw in a while. Well, there you go, right? right. Um, that's the that's the interesting part. Um and of course, you know the other south, the other guy that he wants is, is a southpaw as well. Right, right. So, um, and yeah, no, I mean for me, Errol Spence, I think, will have some type of difficulty fighting Danny Garcia. Yeah. Okay. But I think he'll pull it out. Uh, okay. He he, he's just too talented to lose this one. Yeah. If you ask me. Yeah. And you know it's in his uh, second home, if you will, or. <laughs> Yeah. 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 Or his his home for the moment, Dallas. You know, and I love me some Dallas. So Dallas, what up? Hey. Uh, (laughs) And uh, you know, what what really set it off for me was uh, Angel Garcia saying that uh, you know they're gonna take a squat on the Cowboys logo. So I'm just like, all right, that that's it, man. (laughs) I don't I don't care about I don't the the only thing that Philly has ever created was uh, Adonis Creed and uh, Rocky Balboa. Okay, (laughs) and Allen Iverson. Other that, other than that, nah, man. Just for that, I want Spence to, to come out of there, pull the W, unify those uh, belts with Bud, and then we'll see who the uh, top dog is in the welterweight division. <laughs> I, I don't know about you, but I enjoy some Philly cheesesteak. So, uh, but yeah, uh, I do agree. I think Spence is gonna pull out a uh, unanimous uh, decision. Now, this is not my official prediction. I still need to study a little bit more Spence and a little bit more Garcia. Uh, I am like just on. Um, just on a hunch, I, I do kind of want to say I'm pulling for Garcia to win. Like, I want to see him win because I think he is an underrated boxer. But I, I think I'm going with you on this one. I think um, I, I'll trust you. Even though I haven't seen much of Spence, it, it does seem like he's, from what I've seen against uh, Sean Porter, um, I'm, I don't even think I'm qualified to say if uh, Spence, I couldn't even remember if the guy was a southpaw or orthodox. But, uh, but yeah, uh, I'll probably take your word on it. Um, I will do my research and probably next week uh, I will see 
if I have a much better prediction, a much better um, analysis. Well, yeah. if you if you want to have a reference point, uh, Joy, inst- well, uh, besides watching the Sean Porter uh, unification fight, you should also watch when he fought Mikey Garcia. Mikey Garcia, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that goes to show what he can do when he's at his best, uh, Harold okay. Spence Jr. Definitely, definitely. And I guess this is a huge um, reference point, right, the, this upcoming fight, um, to see if uh, he can stand toe-to-toe with Terrence Budd. So we'll see. Uh, For sure. And so, yeah, let's move on to Tyson versus Jones. It, it, still, it still boggles the mind. It still baffles me that we're even talking about a fight like this in 2020. That's 2020 for you. I mean, <laughs> well, what else? What else do you want me to tell you on that in that regard, Joy? I mean, you know, like uh, I, I would, I probably would have um, saw this fight going on maybe in the early 2000s when they were still both fighting. They were still kind of active, um, especially when Jones was pretty much at his prime, at his peak, right when he was climbing up all the way to the heavyweights. And then Antonio Tarver put him in his place, but uh, that's that's another that's another. Uh, a topic for another day but yeah um remind me again when this fight is it is i believe on the 28th so right 28th. after black friday black friday okay oh, oh okay november uh i will say right i think we've spoke about this in uh running back episode two uh come check us out uh i said you and i agreed that jones is gonna win this fight Correct me if I'm mistaken. No, no, I, I went with Mike Tyson. Oh, okay, you went with Mike. Okay, so, I mean, I guess, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, uh, I think, uh, I think Jones will still pull it off. I think he's just fought more recent. I think he's going to be a little bit in better shape. Um, we did see, uh, the image, the recent image of Mike Tyson, and, uh, it's crazy. Like, people are saying, like, oh, he looks great. He looks phenomenal. He looks great. He looks phenomenal for a 50 year old. But I don't know. Uh, <laughs> you know, like he does look like he has a lot of muscle, um, but we'll see, right? Uh, like I said, we'll see. Come round three, round four. You know, Mike Tyson isn't like a Terence Bud Crawford. He isn't like a Lomachenko where he collects data in the first couple rounds and then finishes finishes you off in the third or fourth. He's not that kind of fighter and so if if tyson can't take out jones in the first uh, first couple rounds i don't think i don't think this fight is gonna come his way yeah it'll be interesting to watch it'll be real it'll be a real uh doozy <laughs> if you ask me what, um, do you, yeah go ahead go ahead uh i mean it's, this is gonna be the most uh polarizing fight i've seen since uh <laughs> shaquille o'neal versus shane mosley <laughs> and yeah it's like it's gonna be weird, it's, but but I'm I, I'm excited to see what unfolds there. It's it's funny because uh, ever since Rocky Five came out, like I never would have thought that we were gonna be in this situation where, um, you know, older fighters that you know have pretty much left their prime like in the '90s or two early 2000s were ever gonna fight ten years later. Hey, 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 so. hey, although <laughs> that, that scenario is fictional, Sly almost beat uh, Tarver. Okay, yeah, okay. I, I guess, I guess. So, don't forget that. The Mason the, Li- Mason the Lion Dixon. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, I mean, I guess, um, I'll, I'll definitely eat my words. Uh, I mean, 
the greatest example is George Foreman, right? Oh, for sure. Absolutely. So, I mean, yeah, I, I guess that, that proves me wrong, right? Uh, maybe I just live in this fantasy, like, fictional world where I don't like to see guys that are retired get beaten up, especially in a sport that has you pretty much punch the other guy's face. But uh, I don't know. Uh, this probably... <laughs> This might be another top uh, topic of conversation uh, for another day. But, yeah. Uh, and to round it off, we have the Garcia versus Campbell. Uh, it is postponed to Wes. It's postponed, but as of today, uh, Ryan G po- put out a post saying that they will be fighting on January 2nd. So, way okay. to welcome the new year with okay. uh, a big boxing match. Yeah. Um, he, According to Garcia, the uh, venue is unannounced. But uh, he says he's ready. And, uh, of course, you know, everyone knows his uh, internet influence. And, uh, yeah, we're, I'm excited to see how he does against uh, Luke Campbell. And, um, yeah, uh, I, I hope at that point everything's all square uh, with the, the Campbell camp and the coronavirus. Again, you know, speedy recovery. Yeah. Wish you well, man. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah, um, we got to wait for the, the Ryan G train, but that's okay. I think it's worth the wait. All right, all right, decent, decent. Because yeah, um, I just want to share the same thoughts. Like you know, I hope, I hope Campbell uh, has a speedy recovery. Um, and you know, I'm glad that they're they're able to pretty much push this um, this fight, postpone it. You know, um, it, it's gonna be tough. I, I thought uh, we shared this in um, a couple episodes ago where we thought it's gonna be cruel to Campbell to have him fight after you know quarantining. You know, um, I don't even think um, at that point we thought that the fight was going to go on. Um, I thought Garcia was going to move on and look for another fight, uh, which would have been cruel for Campbell as well. But, uh, yeah. Any more thoughts on Garcia or Campbell? I do not. Should it's, we, should we share it, our prediction, our early predictions? Uh, we can. Okay. Um, I think uh, I think Ryan G pulls it out. In Ooh. on points, on points. Okay. Yes, I don't think he's had those in a while. Well, now would be a good time to test that out. To test it? that out, right, right. So, I mean, like I said before, right. Um, Campbell has been in wars against Linares and Lomachenko, uh, and so with that, um, I think, I think Campbell is gonna take this. Um, I'm pulling for Campbell. Uh, I think it's gonna be close. Probably we're gonna see um, how Ryan Garcia is built, right? This I just is... want to see that athleticism in over the course of thirty six <laughs> minutes, man. That's all. <laughs> That's why I say on points. Right, right. So yeah, uh, yeah, we're we're gonna. This is definitely a a fight that we're gonna learn a lot more about Ryan Garcia. I think this is the first time he will get tested. This is the biggest test he's ever gotten so far in his young boxing career. And if anything, this is for Campbell and Campbell's side. This is his way of getting a title fight again, a challenge. That's right. I mean, there's going to be a lot of implications on this one. Yeah, absolutely. All right, cool. And any uh, closing remarks, Wes? Well, I just want to thank everyone for listening to uh, this week's episode of the Run It Back podcast. Well, we love you guys. Uh, so. You know, come on by, share your thoughts, spread the word, show some love, and stay safe. All right, Running Back Nation. Uh, 
yeah thank you so much for for tuning in um we will we will we will be back next week uh we will be covering um the preview of the bahrain grand prix the very first uh bahrain grand prix this year um because there's going to be two 